This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Deep in the Colorado River, monsters lurk in the murky waters. Monster fish, that is, some the size of a large person, but they aren't invulnerable. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we talk with Chasing Giants author and National Geographic channel host Zeb Hogan about the monster fish in our neck of the river, including some that might be making a comeback. These awesome creatures aren't just super cool to look at, but also give us insight into the health of our precious water source. It's Monday, May 15th. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Professor Zeb Hogan, welcome to CityCast Las Vegas. Hi, great to be here. Well, I've been riveted watching these National Geographic videos uh, that are all over the internet as you uh, and your colleagues and people from different parts of the world are helping you pursue the world's largest freshwater fish. It's absolutely fascinating, uh, fun to watch. I hear the expression monster fish a lot. So before we get too deep into the water here, uh, what do you define as a monster fish? For the purposes of my research, a monster fish is any freshwater fish that grows longer than six feet or weighs more than 200 pounds. Whoa, that, that's a big one. Yeah, so I, it's, 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 it's kind of an arbitrary definition, but it, a freshwater fish that's bigger than a, than a person, to me, that's a monster fish. Got it. And what made you seek out the world's largest freshwater fish? Uh, this work really started in 2005. I was doing my uh, PhD dissertation in Thailand, working with fishermen there. And some fishermen that I was working with caught a 646-pound giant catfish out of the Mekong River. And Oof. when they caught that fish, I, you know, I was astounded. I'd never seen a fish that big. Couldn't believe a 650-pound fish could live in, in fresh water. But I went back through their records and through all the records I could find and asked what I thought was a simple question, which is, was this catfish the world's largest freshwater fish? And as it turned out, what I thought was a simple question did not have a simple answer. And so it, as it turned out, we, we don't know, we didn't know which species of fish, freshwater fish, is the world's largest. And so I've spent the last... 15 plus years trying to answer that question. So Zeb, in some of these videos that I've seen you in traveling again all over the world, there are some very dinosaur looking creatures that I have never seen before. Uh, both scary, beautiful, um, obviously interesting. 
what's what's the biggest fish that you have personally found so far? These big fish, the giant freshwater fish, like like you said, it's a diverse assemblage of fish. Some kinds of fish that people have heard about before, like giant catfish, giant carp, but also uh, air-breathing arapaima in South America is one of the largest fish I've seen, up to about 400 pounds. Giant freshwater stingray, believe it or not, three species of giant freshwater stingray are among the contenders for world's largest freshwater fish. So that includes a 450-pound short-tail river ray that we caught and released in uh, South America in the Paraná River, and then also a giant freshwater stingray in the Mekong River in Southeast Asia that can get over 600 pounds. I I can only imagine, but what was it like catching a stingray that big? Stingrays are hard to catch. Sometimes we work with, with fishermen who catch them for, you know, for food. And we work with the fishermen, get the stingray, do our research, tag them, and then release them back into the river. I've also fished for big stingray with rod and reel, and it can take four or five hours with a with a big stingray to get it up to the boat. Uh, we try to get it up to the boat as, as fast as we can, but it's, it's hard work. And you mentioned that um, sometimes the local fishermen are catching, presumably, these big fish to, to eat. Uh, have have you indulged in in that as well in your journeys? Well, almost all of these, uh, what I call megafish, giant freshwater fish, almost all of them are endangered. So generally, we're practicing. Although we're working with fishermen that are harvesting this fish for food, when we're out doing our work, we're purely you know doing research. The fish are released after they're caught. Uh, the only exception to that is in South America, there's a fish called an arapaima, which uh, is is raised, is cultured, uh, it's farmed. And so you can find arapaima in restaurants all over South America. And I've had arapaima before, you know, you can have it grilled, fried, fish sandwich, and it's delicious. Now, I understand, Zeb, that you grew up in our uh, neighbor to the east, Arizona, uh, did you ever happen to fish on the Colorado River as a as a younger man, or even recently? I grew up in Tempe, outside of Phoenix. My dad uh, was economics professor at Arizona State University, and my summer job. This is really how I got started in all of this work. My summer job as an undergraduate at the University of Arizona was doing fish surveys uh, in the tributaries of the Colorado River in mm. the Grand Canyon. So between Glen Canyon Dam and Hoover Dam, that was my summer job as an undergrad. And I spent three summers camping out, uh, living along the Colorado. We rafted down the Colorado from Lee's Ferry all the way down to Lake Mead. So I spent a lot of time in that part of the world, and it's one of my favorite places on Earth. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. 
So yeah, Zeb, uh, the Colorado River, that is, you know, the one closest to Las Vegas. Uh, you have a book coming out uh, very shortly called Chasing Giants, and you refer to a monster fish of the Colorado, the Colorado pike minnow. Uh, tell us about that fish. Yeah, so the Colorado pike minnow is North America's largest minnow species. Believe it or not, it once got up to almost six feet long, almost 100 pounds. I think the record, world record, 88-pound Colorado pike minnow caught about 100 years ago. And so this was hmm. one of our own monster fish. Uh, it's used to occur throughout the Colorado River, uh, lower Colorado River, all the way down to Mexico. Uh, it is no longer found in the lower Colorado now. I think it disappeared around 1970. But yeah, believe it or not, right outside of Las Vegas, there used to be a fish over six feet long and almost 100 pounds. They're found now in Utah, oh. in the Green River. And the hope is that ultimately, at some point, when we figure out how to do it, they could be reintroduced into the lower Colorado River uh, and reestablish themselves there. Interesting. Now, uh, I think a lot of people who are from our area are very familiar with the catfish, sometimes the really big catfish that are uh, in in our part of the Colorado River, and they seem to be surviving fine. Uh, why did the pike minnow population decline from our part of the river? Yeah, so catfish, most of the species that the fish that people are used to catching in the Colorado around Las Vegas, most of those fish are not native to the Colorado River. So you have bullhead catfish, uh, flat flathead catfish, uh, striped bass, uh, green sunfish. I'm just thinking of all the fish that people are, you know, rainbow trout, brown trout. Those are all non-native. So 150 years ago, none of those fish occurred in the Colorado. Now those fish are all, they're, they're everywhere and they're some of the biggest fish out there. When we were doing, I'll just tell you a story. When we were doing our surveys, uh, we caught a big, I think it was a, it's either big channel catfish or big bull, bullhead. And in its stomach were uh, seven or eight native suckers. So one of the reasons that these native fish have disappeared is because fish like striped bass, catfish, they are predators and they will, for the last 50 years, they've been eating the native fish. And that's one of the reasons that native fish populations have declined. We've also, I mean, there have been huge changes on the Colorado River. Um, some of the biggest dams on earth, you know, we have right next door, uh, Hoover Dam, Glen Canyon Dam. Those are huge dams that completely altered the river. So the river used to, you know, have big fluctuations, big spring floods as snow melt, you know, came down from Colorado. And then it would be very turbid, very warm water in the summers. And now that beautiful, clear water, cold, freezing cold, beautiful cold water that comes out of the bottom of the dams is really well suited for non-native fish, but not very well suited for our, our, our native fish. Oh, poor, poor little pike minnow. So what would it take to reintroduce some of those native species into um, areas like Lake Mead? Yeah, so it's it's already happening. There's another species of native fish called the razorback sucker. It's a species, interesting looking fish that can get up to about three feet long. And there have been efforts to reintroduce it into Lake Mead and Colorado River around Las Vegas. And I don't think scientists fully know why, but that 
species, which earlier had disappeared, is now starting to reestablish itself in the Colorado River around Las Vegas. So that's one Mm. hopeful sign that perhaps these native fish eventually can make a comeback. Interesting. Zeb, obviously, you've devoted a lot of your life as a biologist uh, to studying and tracking all these fish, and you know so much about uh, the native fish uh, here in the Colorado River. Why should people in Las Vegas care about uh, protecting the native fish? What What is it about um, the Colorado River system that would benefit from more native fish? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, the the big fish, the mega fish, the native Colorado River fish, they are indicators of river health. And so if we can keep big fish and native fish in rivers, that's an indication to us uh, that we're doing a good job managing our rivers. All of these challenges that we see now around Colorado River, struggles over water and climate change, there, you know, it's indicative. It's indicative of a system that we haven't managed very well over the last, uh, you know, fifty or sixty years. And so, what I see all around the world is where people are able to keep, like, native biodiversity, big fish in rivers. They're also able to keep the rivers healthy for themselves and for human needs. So it's it's a situation where. If you have native and big fish in rivers, everybody wins. It's not just the fish, not just the wildlife. It's people too. Yeah. Well, and and here's to hope that um, when someone spots a human-sized creature in Lake Mead, it's not a human, <laughs> but indeed uh, the resurgence of a monster fish. Zeb Hogan, thanks so much for joining us on CityCast Las Vegas. Uh, the The book Chasing Giants is already out, available on University of Nevada Press. And uh, good luck with all your future endeavors. And I hope you find the biggest monster fish known to mankind in freshwater. Good luck with that. Thank you. Before you go, some news that's a sign of the times. A Henderson resident who was fed up with drivers speeding through his neighborhood took traffic control into his own hands. He paid $80 for a bootleg speed limit sign and set it up on his yard. Henderson officials say they've monitored that street and found it wasn't a high-speed area, but the resident says that once the speed monitor was gone, the cars went right back to speeding. Also, Under a secretly developed plan newly presented to the legislature, the state would dramatically expand the tax credits available to the film industry, as much as $4 billion over 30 years. The main beneficiaries would include two proposed production facilities, one in Summerlin and the other at UNLV. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Hey, if you could put up a traffic sign in your front yard, what would it say? Tag us at CityCast Vegas on all the socials with your message to the world. So, did you learn something new about the valley we call home? Go tell a friend. Then rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. You take care. 
gone, dropped out. As as well, though you were eaten by a giant fish. <laughs> Just as quick as that. 